Welcome to Tractor Time from Acres USA, the voice of eco-agriculture. I'm your host, Ryan Slaybaugh. This is our fifth episode, and we're extremely grateful to you, the listener, who is with us today. Uh, if you're a farmer, uh, we know how busy you are this time of year, uh, and we're feel really lucky if you're having to be listening in uh, to get your time. Uh, our guest, we feel the same way about. He really needs no introduction, but we're going to give an introduction a shot anyway. Uh, Joel Salatin is known uh, in many parts of the world as the most famous farmer in the world. He calls himself a Christian, libertarian, environmentalist, capitalist, lunatic farmer. That is a Christian, libertarian, environmentalist, capitalist, lunatic farmer, which is a mouthful both in words and in meaning, but uh, he truly lives up to every one of those words. Uh, More practically, he's a successful author and speaker. Uh, he's written dozens of pieces for Acres USA magazine through the years. He's spoken at our eco-ag conferences. Through all that, we've certainly learned he's not afraid to be funny, educational, or just to step right into controversy when he needs to. But Joel's belief in honoring the land and the animals is something we respect the most and why we are glad to call him a friend. Uh, we, we are excited to have Joel here with us today. We're going to get to a phone conversation that we had with him on May 25th, 2017, in just a minute. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about Joel and learning uh, more about Acres USA, uh, there's an intensive seminar going on on Joel's farm this summer in July. You can learn more at www.acresusa.com. Uh, find the link on the home page and learn all about uh, uh, what we're doing with Joel and what Joel is going to be leading. Uh, it's a very small seminar for small groups of people. It's a chance to learn everything he knows about running a small farm, uh, a large farm for that matter. And... Uh, and how to make it profitable and ecological. Uh, we can't recommend it enough. Uh, if you have a chance to go through, uh, or go there, uh, bring a friend, uh, visit www.acresusa.com, learn more, sign up. Uh, we've got a few spots left for our July intensive seminar on Polyface Farms. So uh, uh, thank you for uh, humoring me through the plug. We're gonna get to Joel Salatin's interview here in a second. I uh, just wanna wish everybody a good week. And uh, thank you again for listening to Tractor Time by Acres USA. Up next is our conversation with uh, Joel Salatin from Polyface Farms. All right, Joel, you there? Yep. All right. Uh, thanks again for making the time this morning. Um, uh, to start our, our talk off this morning, for those uh, who may be getting their first introduction to you, uh, it's hard to believe, but there might be some out there doing that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your farm in, in Swoop, Virginia, and, and what it looks like out your window today? <laughs> sure. Well, uh, yeah, we're in Swoop, Virginia. In the Shen- we're in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, and um, we're essentially a pastured livestock farm. We do vegetables for ourselves and some to sell. But primarily, we're in pastured livestock. So we have uh, uh, cattle, uh, cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, ducks, rabbits, and uh, lamb. And uh, and we direct market everything. Uh, everything gets moved around on pasture. So there's a lot of you know portable infrastructure, uh, uh, water, you know, a water grid so we can get water to all the different fields. We have about 180 acres open and, um, and 470 in forest. There's a lot of woods. Uh, and 
and, and so everything is about moving, moving these animals around. Um, and we, then we lease, we lease a little more land, too, in the area uh, to run some more animals on as well. So we direct market everything. We service about 50 restaurants, uh, about 5,000 families in metropolitan buying clubs, and then another uh, numerous families here uh, actually on the farm in a farm store. Yeah, that's, I always like to hear that. Uh, uh, you, you, you do a lot of press. Uh, you seem to be everywhere these days. You, um, uh, I, I, I Google searched your name just to see if there's anything big this week that you were showing up in, and you were in everything from the Bloomberg news reports in New York City to uh, a, a family newspaper in Juneau, Alaska this week being quoted. So I, want, I wanted to ask, are you, are you, you've been in this position for quite some time of kind of speaking on behalf or, or for a lot of people in the conscious farming and sustainable ag communities. Uh, are you still enjoying that side of the work? Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, of a uh, theatrical, whatever, you know, drama. <laughs> and, 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 um, you know, two, you know, the extrovert, the introvert, um, you know, the two kinds of people. One is people drain you. The other is people uh, energize. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be the, the person that people energize. So um, the idea of, you know, of performing and, and, and uh, you know, sharing our story and uh, trying to think up more clever, clever ways and more entertaining ways to, to tell the story, uh, that's that's very exciting to me, and I, I find it um, I find it certainly as fun, as challenging, and as enjoyable as you know, as the actual farm work. Well, that's uh, it's good to hear. You're, you're prolific. Um, it's impressive. Uh, the uh, uh, and related to that, and just to put in a little plug, we're we're doing a, an intensive seminar. We're partnering with you, and you're you're doing most of the work there uh, in Virginia, and that's coming up this summer in July. Uh, and I wanted to ask you know related to that. You know, you do. You spend a lot of time teaching and writing and explaining what you do. Uh, why not hog all that information yourself? Why uh, do you spend so much time teaching others about what you do? <laughs> well, uh, I think the quickest answer would be to give you our mission statement. Our mission statement is to develop agricultural prototypes that are environmentally, emotionally, and economically enhancing and facilitate their duplication throughout the world. So there's very clearly an outreach, you know, a mission, a missionary aspect uh, to that. And so we're big believers in, uh, look, we don't have all the answers. I don't begin to purport to have all the answers, but we do believe we have some. And we would like those to be more widely adopted in the farm food community um, around the world. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're believers in the Stephen Covey um, you know the glass is, is is half full, not half empty, and um, and and about scarcity uh, versus plenty, and you know our our kind of food is still arguably you know less than whatever two or three percent of the food produced um, in the in the country in the in the U.S. Sure, and um, we would like to see that move into the 10, 15, 20, 30. I mean, we'd like to see it a hundred percent. In order to get there, we need a lot more people like us, a lot more people innovating and, and you know doing these kinds of things. So uh, we're you know we're very much evangelists for this whole um, you know ecological farming uh, idea. That, uh, um, 
as you as you've traveled around and as you speak to different groups, are you seeing the, the demographics of who's attending uh, change at all? Is it a different crowd than it was, say, ten or twenty years ago, or or are you seeing uh, some consistency in that? Yes. Well, uh, I, I think I think the couple of things have happened. Uh, one is that um, that there is a, certainly a, a, a greater degree of sophistication among producers. I'm thrilled that there seemed to be a never-ending supply of, of new folks coming into this, whether they're, uh, you know, most of them are non-farmers who are, who are realized uh, that they would like to be entrepreneurial uh, ecological farmers and eco-farmers, as Acres USA says. And so uh, there, there, is, there, there seems to be a, a, um, an, a, certainly a never-ending but perhaps even we could say an increasing uh, number of people entering that, that pipeline, which is very, very exciting. In, in a lot of ways, I tell people, you know, we, feel like, we feel like we're on a tsunami, you know, on a, on a tsunami that's being carried in on this, on this surf. You know, when we started uh, 40 years ago with all this, 50 years ago, you know, the, o word, the O word had scarcely been invented. I mean, you couldn't go downtown and, and, and use the word organic and anybody even know what it meant. And so we've certainly had an increased awareness of that. Um, for us personally, for, for me personally, the, the, the big change has been when I first started teaching and talking and doing these sorts of things, um, the, the question when I got done was, oh, that's very cute and warm and fuzzy, but how does it scale up? Mm. And now that we're, you know, a, a significantly larger than a backyard, I'll just say that, um, now people, I get done and, and people say, oh, that's amazing, but how does it scale down? Because <laughs> many of these newbies, these newbies that are coming to it are little farmette. You know, they're mm -hmm. 10 to 20, 25 acre rather than the broad acre thing, which has always been Acres USA, uh, you know, thrust is, mm -hmm. is, is serious farmers, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes all of us, but let's, you know, let's talk about broad acre. And so that's been the big change for us. So we're, we're actually thinking a lot of times, uh, how to how to um, talk to the person that has five ten to twenty acres um, in, in terms of scale of, of what we do. And the final thing I would say that's really changed is the entrance of the industry of the industrial food movement into the ecological farming sector. You know, thirty forty years ago, it was all a bunch of you know her heretic rabble rousers like us uh, jockeying around in our community. Some people became extremely successful, and 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 uh, and then sold to um, you know pretty big industrial food uh, places, who are now uh, essentially taking the organic the organic label that, that now the government owns. That's happened. Uh, that 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 um, has made a very codified system of do's and don'ts and. Uh, industry, the, the organic industry, is now um, you know, taking a lot of the early, uh, uh, you know, the early small local innovative kind of uh, businesses and actually making it in some ways a lot harder mm -hmm. um, for, you know, local oriented, really transparent, um, beyond organic outfits. To access the market uh, because it's just more, you know, a lot of people find it more convenient to, you know, buy organic from China in Walmart. And uh, that, 
in my view, that's not been helpful to our movement, but uh, it certainly has, you know, it, it just changes the conversation. It changes, it changes the, um, you know, the, the theme of your differentiation story, that's all. And so it, you know, these are all these new challenges, new morphs, new morphs of the movement, and it's all, it's all exciting. Right. That's uh, certainly one of the challenges we see here, too, is distinguishing the difference between eco-agriculture and organic agriculture. And uh, we like to say one is a process and the other one is, a, is, a, is an ethic um, at some point that you can apply the ethic to the organic process, but uh, um, it doesn't quite en encompass everything that we stand for, everything that we're really trying to uh, accomplish with, with working with farmers on that. Uh, as well, that's and and you touched on that. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you was really, uh, and you describe yourself in, in as a environmentalist, capitalist uh, uh, farmer, um, and it, a lot of people would see those two terms in contrast or conflict. That that's an oxymoron to be an environmentalist, capitalist. But uh, I'm sure you have a pretty good argument or, or an idea of how those two can work together and how those two can actually work uh, with each other to to uh, to support each other. Uh, do I have that about right? Sure. Um, it's, it's a great question. And, and um, so the, the, the deal is that, um, that in my opinion, um, too many times the environmentalist agenda is based on, you know, altruism, uh, kind of a, a pie-in-the-sky thing, and actually has a, an anti-business uh, anti um, swagger to it that, that, that you know, profit is a is a bad thing, and, and only greedy people and selfish people and you know Wall Street, um, uh, you know, talk about uh, profit, and and so there's there's a there's almost a, in many ways almost an anti the sentiment uh, within that what I'll call the radical environmental community. By the same token, obviously, in the, in the, the, pure, the purely capitalist end, uh, where there is no ethics, no moral framework, no environmental uh, uh, understanding, it's all about how much money can we make today, hang the future, uh, extract it today. If we pull down the commons and there's no commons left, well, so what? We sure wrote it into the, you know, wrote it into the sunset on our, um, on our wealth. <laughs> and and uh, the, the point is, that one of the reasons that I kind of took this moniker uh, was to just appreciate that both sides have wonderful assets to bring to the conversation, and both sides have, I think, pretty glaring um, uh, problems uh, to bring to the conversation. And so, um, you know, can, can we bring can we bring financial understanding and business action to the environmental end? And can we bring uh, earth stewardship discussion to the capitalist end? You know, can, 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 we, can we make a business plan in which somebody around the table dares to ask, well, what is this business going to do to the earthworms in our community? Right. I, I, think, I think that's an ultimate Acres USA type of question, right? And, um, you know, we could argue whether it's organic or inorganic or whatever, but, but, the, but the point is, um, have we taken... Have we taken stock of what the decision is going to make in, in its environmental consequences? And by the same token, in the environmental thing, uh, environmental thread, uh, can we sit around the table and ask, well, um, how, do, how do we incentivize financially? How do we, how do we turn this goal 
into something that that actually you know makes a profit, so that it can attract our best and brightest young people. So it can attract uh, innovation and and uh, technological progress. And uh, and you know both of the sides need to need to answer those questions. And so we've tried to hear uh, at Polyface. We've tried to um, you know to bring both of those discussions to the table. And so we're not afraid to talk about profit and, and, and business and finance and marketing and, and, and you know, retaining capital. Uh, but at the same time, we are very aggressive about uh, defending the commons and the wildlife corridor and the frogs and, and all that. But we also are not too concerned if we have to come into a wetland, for example, and with a Sure, it, it changes the landscape, it changes what is, it changes, but, but the result is actually uh, far more environmental resiliency. They're just examples of how you know, we try to do both, and, and for sure, hypocrisies. I have mine, you have yours probably, oh, sure. uh, and unless you're, you know, unless you're God, that we do have our, our little uh, inconsistencies, and, um, and, it's, and it's okay. Lines of it. If you're trying to save the world, step one is to manage your own hypocrisy and understand you will be uh, uh, called a hypocrite at some point. Uh, and huh? it, it, it makes a lot of sense. and environmentalism working together. Uh, you know, the question we get here a lot, especially from, from Skeptic, you we need conventional agriculture to feed the world. And we have to have this hype around the world. And, and I was curious to get, um, uh, I'm sure you get asked that question too. The most common questions I get is, you know, can this, this is all sweet, but price, you know, price and production are the, certainly the two. Uh, um, the, the truth is that diversified, complex uh, production systems produce more per square yard single species type system. Uh, that, that's the truth. Now, one of the, you know, buy into the multi-speciated, multi-crop um, type of system, you're, you're juggling, you're juggling a lot more balls in the air. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, just to, for example, where you have, you know, uh, uh, both plants and the to the landscape management that's just, you know, out of this world. You know, compared to that's, that's an easy operation uh, versus harvesting that grass. I, I understand the desire to move toward, you know, simplicity. Um, but when you look at ecology, there is no ecology that moves towards simplicity. Uh, climax eco ecologies that are highly functional, highly resilient, are also highly complex. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, so the truth is that when highly complex uh, systems are managed well, the productive capacity is, is, is just light years higher than any simplistic single species management. Notice that I say managed well. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting that the, than the most accelerated uh, uh, you know, monocrop system. Well, the multi-speciated, well-managed place will beat the single-speciated, well-managed place hands down every single time. And that compares uh, uh, feeding the world thing 
um, is foisted upon us by the industry that loves for us to be fearful, because when people are fearful, they will accept anything, mm -hmm. running out of resources, and everybody's going to starve to death, then we'll buy into GMOs, herbicides, our resources, and, uh, and, 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 and fearful about starving today. And so, city uh, mm -hmm. uh, has you know dramatic cultural ramifications, and so for sure the yields. I mean, here at our farm, we're we're running five times the county average in cow day per acre, uh, you know, in production. Uh, we're running outdoor poultry, outdoor pigs mm -hmm. that don't take refarm. Uh, there's no reason for a factory farm in the entire uh, world. No water delivery systems, portable feeding systems. Portable control systems with electric fence have a salad bar, mm. and uh, and it doesn't take a single additional of all this portable infrastructure that we have. So, you know, for me, the bottom line is that if we, um, not only would we have fed the world, we would have done it without three-legged salamanders, infertile frogs. And that uh, so the short answer is yes, it's possible, right? I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I approve of that. We, we we can feed the world. Actually, in fact, it's not only yes, yes, it's yes with an exclamation point. Do it regeneratively, long term, and increase the commons even while feeding. Growing need for this information, people, at least the smaller farms and people taking more ownership of their food in the United States at this point. Uh, and I think we, we went so far away from it at some point, it was controlling our food supply and things like that. Uh, uh, sure, I, I, I think, I think. Um, what should I say, uh, tribal sisters mm -hmm. uh, to uh, the eco-farm. Uh, you know, there's a there's a, the whole naturopathic wellness, the nutrition with gas, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just going places. And I've always said, you know, the answer to ecological farming, ultimately in, in consumers, in non-farmers, demanding yeah. nutrient-dense pathogens. Um, farmers, farmers have always followed the market, the, the, the mm -hmm. demand, and, and make the market take it. No, it, it's a, it's a pull. The market the market is pulling places. And 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 when the you know the 50s to eat TV dinners and Velveeta cheese and to get rid of that DDT on everything, you know that was not farmers promoting that. Uh, the citizenry demanding cheaper food, uh, demanding convenience, cheaper stuff. And 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 now here we are. You know, half a century later. And uh, groups, uh, these wellness-type groups, <laughs> are realizing ultimately will drive the change in the landscape. That's why at our farm, all of our little at a time, we have, we have to, our story has got to penetrate the person who's sitting there uh, on their sofa watching the NFL uh, uh, front page of People magazine and thinking, you know, as long as football's on TV, the Kardashians, that person has to become unsettled. And that's part of our folks, life is unsettled. And, and, and here's how you can participate in the solution. Right, that's, a, that's, a, that's an amazing image to, to paint. So I think everybody's got that. And if not, then that's, a, that's certainly a, a worth of congratulations to that individual. You, you've got four generations working on your farm, and I know that that is, uh, what's been your tactic to kind of keep your family involved with the farm and, and to pass along information from generations? Well, the secret to keeping the family on the farm is just to make sure that they all do what I say. <laughs> My wife, Teresa, just walked by and said, yeah, yeah, see how that's working for you. <laughs> um, several things, I think, uh, come into mind with this. One is, 
this is farm and not only has to be ecological, which makes it you know a fun place to live, an enjoyable place to live. It has to generate enough income that the two salaries a couple of years, as I've started uh, saying, that unless you are generating two salaries, I mean the, the, the most the most basic requirement to have the is to is to generate two salaries from two different generations. So grow, build, and wane and die. You know. In, in, in your life cycle, we, we we can't starve profit into our farm simply by eliminating expense. But but at the same time, you can't starve a profit mm-hmm. by simply cutting expenses. At some point, you need to generate. You think about all the different enterprises: the permaculture stacking, stacking, growing, you know, uh, uh, poultry and orchard and and uh, chicken. Each of which brings an enterprise and stacks. A, a complementary uh, uh, landscape occupying different strata above the soil, below the soil, um, so that we, as we stack those additional enterprises on, then we see that income level come up. My dad, one of the things that we did there when I was really first expressing interest in the farm, I still have a little yellowed piece and, uh, and, and just wrote down, how, uh, brainstormed, how many possible salaries who were, I, I was barely surviving uh, by myself, and um, he's he, uh, a, ta- a tax preparer, so he, he never really took income from the farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, with, with a non-mortgage and build in a business on the farm. But the little farm uh, at that time when, you know, we, we could hardly have imagined even what was. So, um, so I think that, that the, 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 one of the keys to keeping the family on the farm is to actually have what I call a going concern so that the children grow up understanding, hey, you want to earn a living here? You can earn a living here. You, know, you might not do the same thing dad and mom have done, but you can make a living here. You'll, you'll, you'll produce something else. Uh, look at what else you can do, and you can do that. Secondly, the relationships have to be kept clean. You can't have a bunch of tension. You can't have a bunch of I don't talk to you and taboo eggshell subjects, that sort of thing. So we have monthly monthly meetings. Uh, we have an agenda. We have a set time, and 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 that's when we hash out the disagreements. That's when we agree, you know, on, on anything new. So so if somebody has a new idea, it just goes on the docket for the next month, and nobody has to make a you know a quick knee jerk decision. Mm-hmm. We can wait till we can all discuss it. We get on the same page, and we go. That's and and um, and, and part of that is carving out. Uh, specific side job description. Daniel, my wife Teresa, his wife Sherry. We all have our job descriptions in our sphere of authority, and we've all, by consensus, by acclamation, there's your sphere of responsibility. Here's your sphere of responsibility. Here's your to be able to make their decisions. Uh, you know, you own that. That's critical to making it go. Right. That's a. Uh, uh... Yeah, I mean, family or not, and uh, know when you have to stop acting like a family and start acting like a business, and uh, know where those where, where those things in my office today. Quite honestly, so I, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. As well. um, just want to give you a chance. Uh, I know you've got a couple of book projects that you're working on and, and looking to working on, and, and what you're putting. Sure. Well, we've got two books coming out this year. We're very excited about, um, and this is a project that I'm doing with my daughter Rachel. She's the artist, and I'm the writer. And so, um, 
full color, whatever printing. Mm-hmm. Um, children's group with Greg the Grass Farmer. Great. And um, and of course, you know, our daughter. So the illustrations are just uh, spectacular. And um, the whole idea, uh, kind of a read to me. This isn't. I'm not expecting the four to seven year old to read this book. I'm expecting an. It's discovering uh, grass farming, um, and new soil building, carbon sequestration, the diversity, the diversity of a pasture, mm-hmm. uh, uh, have those kinds of things. But it sure has, you know, grass and and diversified, you know, pasture. Greg home from the farmers market. He's a juvenile pigeon, and uh, and spots Greg at the farmers market. It's all it's all uh, uh, discovering the nuances uh, of a bird's eye view. And so it's pretty cool to, um, it, 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 it's a, you know, it, it's a great course. If, the pro, if, if it goes real well, we would love to, uh, you know, do some sequels because we do, you know, lots of different things that Patrick can, you know, can see and, uh, and report on. You in disguise or not, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he even wears suspenders. <laughs> Farm, of course, has eggmobiles and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, good. We'll, uh, uh exi- out. Uh, the title is Your Successful Farm Business, and um, hard to believe that long. I don't feel that old, but I guess I am, and um, and kind of my signature book. Um, since that now, this is the new kind of refined learned since that that came out, and uh, so it's it's kind of like you know repeated anything that's in you can farm. So that's like you know your your high school diploma, and uh, so I'm hoping that you know people. Still there, Joel? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, lost it there for a second. I apologize. Um, uh, well, good. Well, I, 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 you got your hands full between the intensive seminar uh, coming up this summer uh, and having guests to your farm to uh, for those uh, classes that you're going to put out on there to uh, the two book projects um, to doing things like this and sitting in on our podcast with us. I know how busy you are, and uh, and I know you had a a flood last night on your farm. So uh, thank you so much for making the time for us this morning and. Uh, uh, being on our podcast. Thank you. It's my, my pleasure and honor to, to be with you. We, uh, we we sure love Acres USA around here. Well, and we're, we're proud to call you a friend uh, here as well. So, um, but Joel, I, again, thanks so much. I'll follow up uh, at some point as we get closer to the seminar and uh, see what we can do to help you guys out with that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, enjoy the rest of your day and, and hope, it, hope, hope the cleanup goes well today. Yeah, good. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. Bye. Take care. You've been listening to Tractor Time by Acres USA. I'm your host, Ryan Slaybaugh. Thank you again for joining us this week, and thank you to our guest, Joel Salatin, for uh, spending the time with us during a very busy season for all uh, farmers and those involved with agriculture. So uh, we hope everybody's having a good week. If you're interested in learning more about uh, the intensive seminar we're doing with Joel Salatin this summer, please log on to www.acresusa.com. Uh, we are going to return uh, with our podcast in a couple weeks. We're spending the next couple weeks moving our offices up to Greeley, Colorado. So the next time we broadcast to you, we will be recording from our office in beautiful northern Colorado. Uh, you can still find us at all the normal places. We'll let everybody know what our new address is very soon. Uh, and you can email me at podcast at acresusa.com if you have any feedback 
or need anything at all from us here. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, enjoy your week ahead.